All right, 2020. How many of you guys are excited for it? Excited it's here. My question is, wasn't Jesus supposed to come back by now? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Isn't that what we were told? I mean, one of the men that I really love, appreciate, he was a guy who said we shouldn't set dates, but he set date once. And he said, by my understanding of biblical prophecies, I'm convinced that the Lord is coming back for his church by the end of 1981. He thought it was going to be in May of that year. I could be wrong, but it's my deep conviction in my heart, and all my plans are predicted upon that belief. And then there was this book that floated around my house when I was a kid, 88 Reasons. You guys remember this? That Jesus is going to come back in 1988, okay? Tim LaHaye jumped on that bandwagon, a lot of other guys convinced that that was going to happen. Guess what? Jesus didn't come back. And then Y2K was a huge scare. Some men that I really respected, hey, that was going to be it. Guess what, guys? Didn't happen. And then I loved this one more than any of the others in my lifetime. I think it was Harold Campion, okay? Judgment Day, May 21st, 2011. I had just started doing the chaplaincy at the jail in Outagamie County. And this is what I started with, was a bunch of requests to see the chaplain because people wanted to talk about if Jesus was really coming back. That's what they wanted to know. And you know what I had to tell them? No, he's not coming back on May 21st. Well, how do you know that? Because God said so. And I'd open up the scriptures with them. Well, let's check it out real quick. Matthew 24, 36 is what I'd show them. No one knows the day or the hour. No one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. Do you guys understand that? And aren't you guys grateful that he's long-suffering? Some of you guys have gotten saved in the last few weeks or last year. Aren't you guys glad that he didn't come back a few years ago? I am. And one of those things, guys, well, we don't know when he's coming. Do we believe we're living in the last days? Absolutely. You can check out 2 Timothy chapter 3. Read all of what Jesus had to say there in Matthew 24. We can discern the times and the seasons. We do believe here at Freedom we're living in the last of the last days. But we don't know how long we have. Here we are, 2020, guys. He hasn't come back yet. Do we have another 10 years? Maybe. Another 20? Maybe. Do you guys want to make the most of the time that we do have? Do we want to live, expect, like what I was saying before about our kids' ministry, we do take that serious. These kids are on the front line. In a few years, they're going to be in high school. Where's Satan attacking people more than any other place? Man, it's in those young adult years. You look at all the marketing, all the lies that are being told and established, where is that happening? It's in their young lives, guys. They're going to be on the front lines and we want them to know the truth that they're able to stand and stand in that truth, guys. So important. So, we could say a lot about that, but there's other things we need to talk about this morning. For some of you guys here this morning, you're really glad 2019's over. It's done with. Time to move on. Some of us um, wish we still could live in the past. Okay? Some of us, you know, you know, go back and they say, if I could just do that or have that season again or, you know, be living back there. Um, the question that comes to mind is, uh, how much you guys want to bet that I can throw a football over the mountains? How many of you guys know Uncle Rico? 
right? Yeah, back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter of a mile, you know? And it's just one of those things. I'm like, Uncle Rico, if you just knew Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, you would know that the one thing we should do is count myself. If I've counted myself to apprehend, I'm going to forget. The one thing I'm going to do is forget those things which are behind, and I'm going to press forward to the goal of the upward call of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm looking to. I'm looking to him. Man, pray for Uncle Rico. <laughs> oh, Can you guys guess what is the most popular surgery that we have today? Take a guess. Plastic surgery? What else? Heart surgeries? What else? Cancer? What else? It's eye surgery, that laser eye surgery. That is the number one surgery that's done today in the world. And I think it's because people want to have clear vision. They want to be able to go back to having that 20-20 vision to see clearly once again. And having clear vision is a very important thing, especially for us as Christians. But people want to have their vision restored. And I think for us as believers, it is good to take some time like we are this morning and just, hey, do I have clear vision? Am I seeing clearly, God? Not physically speaking, (laughs) spiritually, eternally, seeing things that really matter clearly. So we're going to talk a little bit about vision this morning. So what is vision? I'm glad you guys asked. I believe it's seeing what God wants us to see. Simply put, I don't know if there's a better definition than that. It could be a lot of things, but I think for us brothers and sisters, it's seeing the way God sees. That's clear vision. So we want our eyes wide open. Okay, sometimes it's easy for us to walk through life like this. It's really dark and crazy out there. The world's falling apart. We're living in chaos. You know, so much temptation. I'm just going to keep my head down, (laughs) you know. You know, God has us here for a reason. He wants us to see what's going on and how we can interact, be a part of the solution, how to be praying. I love Proverbs 29, 18. Many of you are familiar with this passage. It says, where there is no vision... Okay, if we would amplify this verse and look at what it's actually saying, you know, where there's no vision, no redemptive revelation of God is actually what it's saying there. The people perish. I know we get really focused on what's going on just in our country, but this is where we live. This is where God has us. This is what we see when we look outside our windows. And we see a great country beginning to fall apart quickly. Well, what's going on? Well, there's no redemptive revelation of God. We're we're not preaching the gospel. We're actually opposed to the gospel today. So that's part of the reason I think we're falling. There's not a clear vision today for us as a people. We were one nation under God. Today, people don't even want to make that statement. We need to take that part out of our nation's anthem. So, 
We as believers, guys, in Jesus, we must see through the lens of faith. We can have a lot of lenses, can't we? We can have the lens of self, right? I'm going to look at everything in this life. How is it going to benefit me? It can be through a lens of pride. It can be through a lens of lust. It can be a lens of idolatry, a lens of evolution. However we look at things and choose to look at things is going to determine how we think about things and then what we do as a result of those things. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we are to walk by faith. So Hebrews chapter 11 it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith does show itself. Think about this with me for a moment. If we really have faith, it's going to come through our lives because there's gonna, we're actually going to be living what we believe. Would you guys agree with that? We would actually be... Le- James 2.19 tells us that even demons believe. When it comes to God, they, they believe that he is creator. They believe that Jesus, God, came to earth. They know that he died upon a cross and he overcame sin, death, hell, rose again from the dead. They know those things, but they have not chosen to believe and receive to actually live out what they know. Okay? So there is that reality of when faith is mixed into what we know, we're actually going to live it. Okay, We're going to be living for him. If he truly is the Lord, we will live for him. And really how we live, right? Matthew twenty two thirty seven: Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. If we really believe, we're going to be loving him above all things. All things. Now, I don't want to be legalistic, but the Holy Spirit's tapping on your heart. You know what? I have been putting other things above the Lord. I've been loving other things besides him most. Good. Thank him for revealing that and then deal with it. Do something with that. But if we're truly looking to the Lord with the eyes of faith, man, you loved me. God so loved the world. It's your loving kindness that leads me to repentance, that's turning me back to you, looking to you. And then even how we give. I think it's 2 Chronicles 9-7 that we have in the bulletin every week, that God loves the hilarious giver or the cheerful giver. If we're really believing, even how we live, because let me tell you what, if we're living a life of faith, we're going to look at people and say, man, God loves my neighbor. He loves, I know that's going to take time. If I go over and lend a hand right now, I got other things. But I have faith. I have faith that God loves them. I have faith that God's calling me to love them. I'm going to step out. I'm going to give of myself. I'm going to do. That's what faith does. And then how we serve, guys. Galatians 5.13. Serve one another humbly in love. Today, even in the church, it's about being served. I want to pick a church that's going to do this for me. Man, Christians, we've missed the point if that's our mentality. What lens are you looking at? It's not through the lens of faith. 
Because through the lens of faith, we see our servant leader, Jesus Christ, and we follow his example. Man, we will be willing to get on our knees and wash the feet of others. To the least of these, you've done it to me. Man, I have faith. I want to live for you. If that means serving, I'm going to serve. Matthew 23, 11, Hebrews 9, 14, the list goes on and on, guys. We are called to serve one another, to love one another. That is our example that Christ has given to us and we follow in his footsteps. And if we're seeing through the lens of faith, your heart's leaping right now and you're like, yes, brother, <laughs> this is truth. This is how faith sees. What a joy. If this is rubbing you a little bit, you're probably looking at things through a wrong lens. So what are we looking at? What are you looking at? Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12 together. We just looked at Hebrews 11.1, 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In chapter 12, we're told in verse 2, that we get to look onto Jesus. Okay, you guys like the cool glasses here? I love these glasses. If you guys ever find a pair that look like that, I want them. I'll pay you back, okay? Yeah. It's just so cool, looking through the lids, you know? Jesus always before me, right? Well, we're told here in Hebrews 12, too, that we're to be looking onto Jesus. This is so key, brother and sister. The author and the finisher of our faith, for who... The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I think that's so cool. And it's one of those things I've been praying for us. Help us to see you, Jesus. To be in step with you. To see where you're at, what you're doing. Because let me tell you what, it's easy to get our eyes on a circumstance, isn't it? Man, I'm going through this. Or I got that. Or they're doing this. It's so easy for us to get our eyes on the things rather than him. So we're to look to Jesus. For what? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's for purpose. Okay? How many of you guys think that we should have purpose in our life? Well, I see it in Scripture, so I think so too. And what's that purpose? It's Jesus. I think it's Colossians 1.16. We've been created for him, right? Right? Isaiah the prophet said we've been created for the glory of God. That's why we're here. So really, we find our purpose as we look to Jesus. So many people, I don't know what this life is for. I don't know why I'm here. Why is suicide constantly on the rise? We've been affected by it. You guys know personally people who've taken their own lives. How did someone get to a point where they didn't even want to live anymore? Their eyes weren't on Jesus. Their eyes were on themselves, on this world. And yeah, let me tell you, maybe you're probably better than me, but if I was just looking at me all the time, man, I would have given up a long time ago. Where's the hope? Where's the purpose? Okay? Especially if I believe what the schools are teaching. I'm just a big blob of nothing. Random chance here. No purpose. No reason. Why are people giving up today? Because they don't know the truth, guys. And they can't see the truth. They can't see Jesus. We have purpose. We also find persistence when we look to Jesus. Keep on going, okay? How many guys, any in here have a real easy time in your walk with Jesus so far? It's just been, everything's been awesome. 
happiness to the full every single day. Everything goes perfect. Your car always starts and you never have to jump it. Never a flat tire. Your husband always smells good. Any... <laughs> life gets hard. There's a lot of losses, a lot of hardships in this life. But we're called to count it all joy, aren't we? Trials, they produce things in us. And one of those things is perseverance. It keeps us going. Why? Because when things get hard, where do our eyes go? Well, if you're a child of God, you look to your dad. Dad, I need help. I need you. What else does looking to Jesus do for us when we see our prize? I'm going to ask a very simple question. I want you to answer it. Are you today, I'm not talking about when you first got saved. I'm not talking about that sweet season that you had with Jesus back in 82. I'm talking right now. Are you in awe of Jesus today? Do you treasure him above all other things today? Is he that prize for you? Because when we look to Jesus, we should see him as a prize. And I can't wait, guys. The crystal sea, the gold streets, the crazy cherubim with six wings, worship, I mean, they're gnarly. Eyes within and without. They're going to be fun to see someday. But honestly, if Jesus is not in heaven, I don't want to be there. He's my prize, guys. And if you know him, you know what I'm talking about. You want to be where he is. And that's what we look forward to. It's him. We see dimly now, and that's why those sweet devotion times, sweet times of prayer. I can tell you guys this last week, I was closer to God than I've been in a while. I was in an MRI machine, you guys ever? <laughs> like literally, like the thing's right, right there. <laughs> Put a towel over my face, it's freaking me out, you know? Kind of thing. I felt so close to the Lord in there. All I could do was pray. All I could do is pray. It was freaking me out. Your right hand is with me, Lord. You're right there. You're with me. And as I had that sweet time with them, I was praying, Lord, every person that crawls into this little dungeon of death, <laughs> would your Holy Spirit meet with them this year? Would you touch and comfort and bring peace? Because I have your peace right now and it's still a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine people trying to crawl in here without you. How do they do it? But that's one of those things, guys. It's just being with the Lord. And we get little times. It might be in an MRI machine. It might be in your prayer closet, your early mornings with Jesus. Whenever it is, just make sure you're having that time where you're really getting with him. He is our prize and there's nothing better. And for some of us, it's like, I want that. Maybe you used to have it. Maybe you're one of those who've just heard about this type of relationship, this type of devotion, this type of intimacy, and you're longing for it. Do you believe Isaiah 43, 19? Behold, I want to do a new thing, or I will do a new thing, God says. Do you believe that he can do a new thing? Do you believe that your devotions with him, your relationship with him, can be closer than it's ever been before? Do you believe that? I believe it because I know that's his heart, his desire. If we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. So the question is, how close do we want to draw near? 
Is today going to be a day that we get closer to Him than we've ever been before? Man, His mercies are new every day. Maybe you blew it this last week. Holiday season. It's easy to do because there's all that stuff to get done. Aren't you guys glad we have His mercies that are new every day? It's like a reset. Man, I blew it yesterday, God. But I don't have to live in that. I don't have to be Uncle Rico. I can forget those things. I can move forward towards the prize. I can fix my eyes upon you. That's our God. That's how gracious and merciful he is. Here's this gift of a new day today. So entering this new season, a new year, a new decade, okay, I will do a new thing. I believe God's going to do that in our lives, guys. So what I want to do this morning, that's just our intro. <laughs> we're getting to the study of this morning because it's been fun. Okay, we're going to look at a few chapter 20s, verse 20s this morning that we see in the scriptures. Okay, this is not our normal study here at Freedom Fellowship. We like, uh, we like verse by verse, line by line, precept upon precept. That is our main course here at Freedom Fellowship. This is kind of like a little side dish this morning. Okay, we're going to be all over the place. Honestly, these are the loosest notes I've had in a long time. I've been just really praying, Lord, what do you have? Do you want to encourage? Do you want to rebuke? What does your church need today? And I've just been really praying that God would meet with every single one of us today and speak what's needed. So, if you guys are wondering what line upon line is, Isaiah 28, 13, or 27, 13, and also Acts chapter 17, 11. And this is one thing that I'm very thankful for. There's a reason why you call Freedom Fellowship your home. This is my home church. This is my church family, okay? I'd like to think and hope that we're like those Bereans, that we're more fair-minded, not that we're better, okay? Do not let pride get in there. <laughs> it's but by the grace of God. But we're those that want to know the truth, Okay, because there's a lot of great brothers and sisters that love Jesus deeply, but when it comes to scriptures, they're pretty ignorant. Okay, they're ashamed almost. Well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, God wants us in the know. That's why he's revealed these things. He doesn't want our hearts to be troubled. And this is why he's spoken to us. And I want to be like those Bereans that we find in Acts 17, 11, that we're more fair-minded, that, hey, we're going to hear, but we're going to go back to the Word. We're going to actually study it and see it. We're not just going to take your word for it, buddy or sister, <laughs> okay? What are you saying? And in that, guys, I think there, there is a privilege when we study to show ourselves approved, when we're digging into the Word. And that's why we've taken two years to get through a gospel, Okay, we're going to slow down a little bit. We're going to go a little faster once we get into Genesis. But <laughs> there's just that reality of being in the Word. And that's something you guys are going to be encouraged to do. Be in the Word. Be in the Word. Well, what does this intimate relationship with Jesus look like? I don't know. The more I'm in His Word, the closer I get to Him. That's just been one common thing through the years. Yeah, He'll show up. You know, when I'm going through something and I don't have a Bible on hand, He recalls his word that's been hidden, hidden in my heart. He does that for us, brothers and sisters. He is there. So we want to encourage one another in that. So uh, heading into 2020, okay? 
If I was to ask you guys, if you could ask anything this new year, this next coming year, what would it be? If you could ask anything, what would it be? I want to look at Matthew 20, 20 with you guys. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something of him. I like this verse. It was the first one I looked up. I'm like, oh, this might be a fun thing to do at church. And this was the first one I opened. I'm like, what? Come and ask of you? Now, I want to encourage you guys to ask what she asked. (laughs) But if you could come, and we can come and ask. Aren't we invited to do that in Scripture? Okay? You have not because you asked not. We're told to ask, seek, and knock. If you actually look into the Greek there, you got to keep asking, is what we're told. So, what would you ask? I'd like some of you guys to share right now. This next year, what would you ask? Let me see your eyes today. See his eyes. You guys know, know his eyes are a flame of fire? And you guys enjoy a fire this Christmas? You just sat there and just stared at it? Don't you guys love fires? I love fires. But that's going to be looking into the eyes of Jesus. Oh, I could do this forever. So cool. Anyways, yes. Yeah, healing. God is able. Wisdom. Praise God, he freely gives it to those who ask. Children to believe. What else would you guys ask for? Healing for Mary, another spouse. Courage to be bold, to shine brightly as the stars. What else, guys? More people would come to faith at the pantry. Yeah, yeah. The gospel would go forth at the pantry and people would believe more. How are we believing? God could do that. I mean, how many dozens and dozens of people have we seen come to know Jesus? You know, there's times where you see the Spirit of God just move radically. What else would you ask for, guys? To love well. Yeah. I think that's probably in the heart of all of us as believers. I don't know. Are you guys ever real with yourselves? Like, I don't like myself. Like, it's like, it's gross. I know how selfish I am how judgmental, how critical. You guys ever feel that way? I've been in the Lord a while. Maybe the thing I should ask of you is that you would change me completely. But aren't you guys glad that you aren't the person you were a year ago? You know, maybe we're not where we want to be, but he is faithful to sanctify and complete a work. None of us have arrived yet, but I'm so glad where I wasn't 10 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, you know? Even a few months ago, to be honest with you guys, I feel, I don't know. Do you guys ever feel that way? Like God's always working, you know? Even when you feel like you're really blowing it. And those are some of the times you feel like God's working the most. <laughs> like, really? This is like the most off I've been, and this is the most you're working. It's so cool. Anyways. <laughs> In 2020, do you desire to show or do you desire the Lord to show you something maybe more of himself? Do you desire that? 
I hope that's a desire we all have. To seek him this year like we've never seeked him before. And there is a privilege that we have in doing it together, guys. There's a reason why God's asked us not to forsake the assembling together. To be able to do life together, to encourage one another in the Lord, to be praying for one another, to be serving together, to go out together to evangelize. We get to do it together, guys. That's a blessing. John 20, 20. You know it's going to be good because it's the gospel of John, right? They're all good, guys. Get over it. Anyways, <laughs> when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Man, we can ask so many things of the Lord. And yeah, he cares about it all. No matter how small it is, God cares. Do you know that? He does care. And I think he honors the heart cry, God, I need you. <laughs> I want more of you. He doesn't play games with his kids. Peekaboo! That's not God! Okay? <laughs> if we go run into him, he's going to run to us. You guys know the parable of the prodigal son, right? It's the only time we see the father who's a picture of God running in scripture. The only place we ever see God run. And why is he running? Because he sees his son coming to him. His child is coming home. If we turn to him, guys, he's going to come running to us. That's our God. Turn to Psalm 27, one of my faves. Psalm 27. We'll take a look at verse 4 together. I love it. Do you guys hear all the Bible pages turning? Okay, I grew up in a Bible church, right? I remember the pastor always saying, oh, that's my favorite sound in the world. I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> you know? But learning how good his word is and seeing brothers and sisters in the word of God, I get what he meant when he said that. That's why this time together, like honestly, how many guys, if you were just home today, would be sitting with your Bibles open right now? I mean, just going to church carves out that time. We're just going to have time to be still and before the Lord. I wish we all had the discipline just to do it daily on our own, but that's not the case. I hope we all get there. I hope we can encourage each other to get to that point. But man, there's just times that this is just good. And right here, we see in Psalm 27, verse 4, I hope you guys circle it if it's not in your Bible. It says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. All the days of my life. It's not going to get old. Going to your house, seeking you, inquiring of you. Why? Because you are awesome. You're big. I can't exhaust you. 
guys, I can't, I don't know how many tens of thousands of hours I've spent studying the scriptures over the decades. I've preached almost 3,000 sermons in my life. And I can honestly tell you, he is getting bigger and bigger and greater, and I can't exhaust it. I feel like I'm clueless when I come to the word. There's times where I feel like I'm not even adequate to come and preach to you guys. I'm like, I know I don't get it, Lord. I know there's so much more here. Help me to see. (laughs) But that's the cool thing, because when we seek him, guys, we get to see more of him, more of his greatness. You're going to treasure him more, and you're going to find yourself more in awe of him. You're not going to care that it's almost noon and there's a Packer game coming on. All the clocks now are fast. Lucky guys. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, really to be in that place, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to behold his beauty. So you guys are going to go home, you're going to open the door and you're going to see that mutt. You're going to be like, oh, you're so cute. You hairy, smelly thing. You're just the cutest thing I've ever seen. I know some of you dog people. That's exactly what you do. Maybe if you're not a dog person, you're going to be like, oh, snap, they're coming out with a Baby Yoda doll. I need Baby Yoda. Oh, green and big ears, so awesome. Maybe some of you guys are like, oh, she's the one. I've never beheld such beauty. All I want to do is be with her, to talk with her. I just want to be with her. you have greater feelings towards your maker than a dog, baby Yoda, or your spouse. It's the way it should be. And that's okay. Don't feel bad. My wife knows I love Jesus way more than her. I love my wife more than any other thing upon this planet. But when it comes to Jesus, I love him more. And I know she loves him more, and I'm totally okay with that. Because when she's loving him more, she's loving me more. I love it. <laughs> Things just work out well. <laughs> so I want to take a look. Acts 2.42. Okay, we haven't hit on this scripture in quite a while. But they continued steadfast. Well, who are they? These are the believers that were a part of that early church. And this is what they gave themselves to. Okay, They continued steadfast steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So they were about the word of God. Okay, They gave themselves to the word. They gave themselves to fellowship. I know many believers who haven't been to church in years. Okay, I believe. I love Jesus. I study the scriptures. I listen to sermons online. But when it comes to fellowship, they want no part of it. Some of them have been hurt. And let me tell you what. There's no perfect church. We're going to mess up, okay? Part of it, we're scared too. We can say we'd love to see more people come into church. We have a few empty seats here this morning because our kids went to kids' church. But it's awesome when the church is full. Don't you guys feel good this morning? Like, wow, people actually came. They care. They love Jesus too. Yay! (laughs) Are any of you guys scared? What if the church grows? people start coming, people start getting saved, they're going to come with their problems. Things get messy. You guys are pretty easy. A lot of you are very mature in the Lord. 
You know, you've been cleaned up. You're easy to get along with. Most of you. <laughs> but man, if those other people start coming, things are going to get messy. Are you guys okay with things getting messy? Do you remember when you first got saved? The muck that you were coming out of. How brothers and sisters came around to encourage you, to build you up, to speak life. I'm so thankful for those type of people. And I want to be that type of people for others. That whoever walks through these doors, guys, no, where, no matter where they're at with the Lord, that they know that they're going to be loved and accepted. Why? Because that's the heart of God. Maybe they're not saved yet. Do we believe that God wants to save that person? Absolutely. And we're going to share the gospel. We're going to love on them. We're going to serve them. Even when it gets hard and messy. Because that's what God's called us to do. So as we continue in the word, fellowship, and breaking of bread, some of you guys ask, I'd rather just be in the word. I know you can keep preaching, brother. Why do we have to do communion every week? That's a waste of 10 minutes. It's not a waste of 10 minutes, guys. I think it's one of the biggest privileges we have as the body of Christ to come to the Lord's table together, to remember him. He's the reason why we have communion, guys. That's what we have in common. It's him. As we take time to remember his life and his sacrifice, it is good, I believe, for the health of the body. So yeah, we're going to do it every week. And then prayers. We continued in prayers. I would really be honored and blessed if you guys would come and say, hey, pastor's preaching stinks, but prayer time was phenomenal. I would even be okay if you showed up at 845 just to pray and left. To be honest with you guys, I would rather have you praying. I see that as the biggest lack today in the church. We don't pray. It's the biggest lack. We're not the only Bible church around, guys. There's a lot of good churches teaching the Word of God. I'd love to be known as the church that prays. I don't know about you guys. Wouldn't that be cool? If those people are over freedom, they pray. They pray. You need prayer? Go over there. They'll pray for you. They love to pray for you. Maybe your heart isn't there yet. Well, what needs to happen, guys? Where does it start? It starts with us. If we can't pray in our closet, how are we going to pray together? Start praying. Some of you guys just need to make a point. Well, i got to pray today. I maybe only have two minutes worth of prayer. Good. Pray those two minutes worth of prayer. Go through your little list real quick. That's great. Open the scriptures. Start praying the word of God. Maybe that'll take it up to 20 minutes. We just need to be praying, guys. That's something the early church did. Why isn't God doing more? I don't know. If my people pray, right? If my people pray, then I'll do this. There's breakthrough. So do you guys like Acts 2.42? Four simple things. Pretty easy. We've really tried to come around these things at Freedom Fellowship over the last almost 13 years now. This is just what we're doing. I'm told often, I get blog articles from other pastors on how to build a church, how to do this and that. All you need is the dream team leadership, right? 
You just have the right key leaders in place. If you have the right worship team that can play the right music to move you into a point of whatever. And if you have the right facility for the worship team to move you into whatever. And you have the right hook to get the people's money, then you can build a big church. Word of God, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer. This is what we're going to do. Maybe our numbers won't grow, but I do believe if we take this serious, there will be good fruit that glorifies God. Good fruit, guys. So, let's prioritize, give place to these things in our lives, the word, prayer, breaking of bread, together. Um, I googled top 10 priorities in life. How many of you guys like Google? Right. I do. How do we do life before the internet? Like, seriously. Like, if I have to fix something, I'm YouTubing it. Like, it's crazy. If I need to know something, hey, I want to know as a human being how to do life. What should my top 10 priorities be? This is what it's going to tell me. Well, it's about your health. You need to be health, healthy. You got to have confidence, right? Love yourself. Home. Home's pretty important. Got to be able to have some shelter. Finances, family, losing weight, work life. Learning. <laughs> how about holiness? Is that not the most important thing in this life, guys? I put it in there, and it's all about our future happiness. That's what comes up. It's about your happiness. That is priority in this life. I will tell you this, guys. It's unbiblical. Well, I just want to marry him or her because then my life will be happy. False. Marriage is about holiness. Okay? Our lives are about him. It's about holiness. How about Jesus? How about a Leviticus 19.2? How about 1 Peter 1.16 where it tells us to be holy for he is holy. That's a command, guys. We need to be holy. Well, what does that look like? How do I prioritize this when this is what the world's telling me? And the sad part is, guys, when I go online and I check out what some of my brothers are preaching around the valley here, I have a heart to see the bride of Christ actually doing life together, that there would be unity in the body of Christ in the capital C church. I get together with these brothers. I pray with these brothers. And then I go to listen to their preaching because like, hey, what's God doing in their fellowship? I see that they're doing stuff on health, diets, eating right. Is that wrong? No. But there's sermon series on this stuff. Confidence. You gotta love yourself 
before you can go love others. And we want to do that as Christians because we're called to love others. Show me in the scripture where it says, love yourself. The only thing I ever see in the Bible about loving self or self-esteem is die to yourself. Esteem others better than yourself. Some of you guys don't like that I'm saying this, but it's what God says. And there isn't going to be a priority of holiness until we get on the same page with him. I mean, finances. How many churches are taking a month or two just to do a series on your money? The love of money. Well, we want to be good stewards so we can give better. Yeah, we see those principles in Scripture. Do it. If you're not repentant, start doing it. But if we're in the Word of God, let me tell you what. The volume of the book is about Jesus. It is calling us to turn to Him, to repent from our sin, holiness, losing weight, working life balance. How many sermons are around working life balance? I had a brother do a series this last year called Margin. How many series are on boundaries? Are those things wrong? No. But to take six weeks just to talk about that into my life? Why aren't we talking about Jesus? Why aren't we looking to him? Why aren't we really praying around these things? Because we want to make it about us and our happiness is the problem, guys. This is what, who do you have? <laughs> no. You guys see that? My wife gets baby snuggles. That is so, that is so rad. Man, I'd rather teach a series on baby snuggles than this stuff. Because what does this do? This gets our eyes on ourselves. That's all it's doing, guys. And the more our eyes are on ourselves, guess what? They're not on Jesus. Okay? This is okay stuff. There's biblical principles that are there, and we do touch on them when we are going through the scripture. But if that's what we're focusing on, okay? And I don't want to come down on my brothers and sisters that feel led to teach this stuff. That's between them and the Lord. But again, I have a real strong conviction here at Freedom that if we're in the Word of God, we're going to strike His balance. That if finances come up, hey, there's that verse. We'll deal with it. But that verse is not there for the next six weeks. You guys get that? Because the next verse, whoa, it's about God. It's about holiness again. I see a lot of brothers and sisters wanting to start off the new year. Uh, we won't talk about that. So do we focus on what we don't have? That's kind of what I see here. Isn't that the focus here? Yeah, well, I don't have whatever. I want a bigger house. Wish my relationships with my family were better. I wish I had a savings, a 401. It's easy to get focused on this kind of stuff, guys. I want to learn some new skills this year. We always focus on what we don't have. Why don't we focus on what we do have? Guys, we have Jesus. So let us not lack nothing, right? First James, or First James, James chapter 1, verse 4 tells us that, right? That you're complete. We have. What's the verses right before that? Kind of joy when you fall into all these various trials. What? I just want a good life. I don't want the trials, but what do the trials do? How many of you guys cry out to God a little more when you're going through something really hard? 
Oh God, I'm not the only one. Thank you, Lord. Right? <laughs> but isn't that God's way? Isn't that why we're encouraged in Scripture to count it all joy when we fall into various trials? Why? Because we look to Him. And when we're looking to Him, He's going to do work in our life, and we're not going to be lacking anything. We're going to have what we need. And that's why we can do the Hebrews 12 too, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Man, this faith walk, Lord, it's hard. Why are you authoring these things? Why are you allowing these things in my life? I was telling Pastor David before service, I'm thankful. I'm really thankful for the hardships that I've had in recent years. Paul thanked the Lord for the thorn in his flesh. At least he be exalted. As a young man, I had big dreams. I was going to do a lot for the kingdom of God. And let me tell you what, guys. It's a humbling thing to be broken before him. Why go through these hard seasons in life? Why don't they ever stop? When am I ever going to get a break, a rest? Why do I have a headache for two months now? And they don't have answers for it. Why, 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 why? You can sit in that stuff. Or as you're going through it, you're in a place of brokenness and crying out, Lord, I don't know if I can do this today. Here, let me give you my grace. It's going to suffice. Son, you feel like you have nothing to say today. You're going to blow it. I'm going to give what's needed. It's really not about you. I love you, but it's about me. And I'm allowing these things in your life so you keep your eyes on me because I love you enough, because if you keep looking to that and you're putting your hope in those things, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the best, and the best is me. So brother and sister, if you've been going through it, and we all do, but some of us just keep going through it, be encouraged, especially you who keep going through it. God loves you and he knows best. Okay? He really does. So, uh, we're not going to talk about this either. <laughs> Real quick, I was going to go off on this, but I've gone off on other things I wasn't expecting to go off on this morning. But I went around like, hey, are other churches doing 2020 vision? Because that is so awesome. That'd be a fun sermon. So I was going to go see if anybody had any other good ideas. Nobody did. They were all junk. Um, it was, guys, most all, you guys can go online. Google, we have it. Check out all these churches, 2020 vision. Every, almost every one I went to was exactly the same. Check out the last, okay? Hey, we want our church to give themselves to a ping. I don't even know what a ping is, okay? From the Lord, a ping from the Lord, okay? Do you guys know what a ping from the Lord is? Okay, and have life-changing encounter with him as it relates to generosity. What? And then right next to it, the generosity, hey, we're hoping to raise over $8 million in the next two years. And that's almost every vision I found on a church was some capital campaign to raise money to build this or to do that. There's a place for generosity. I hope you guys get with Jesus. What should I be giving to the church? What ministry should I be supporting? How should I be blessing and gifting others? That's between you and the Lord, okay? But my heart is grieved that this comes around, hey, let's have a life-changing encounter with God so we can be about our money, you know? Well, how about we have a life-changing experience or encounter with God for the glory of God, that it's about loving Him, about fulfilling the Great Commission? I mean, that, isn't that what He wants us to roll with? Yeah, 
And I'm not saying that giving's wrong. There's definitely a place for it, and we can do stuff with money, guys. But when it becomes that focus, it's very easy. Look at what we're doing, okay? No, what is God asking us to do? And that's between them and the Lord. I don't know, but that's what I would see a lot of. I saw some, hey, we're declaring a 21-day fast and prayer. We're going to seek the Lord. Then parts of things like that. And I don't think it's wrong to fast. Some of you guys have that upon your heart. God's stirring you. Hey, I do need to be fasting and praying. Maybe it's something in your life personally. Maybe it's for what God's wanting to do with the church. I don't think it's wrong doing it with other brothers and sisters. But I've been in those things where it becomes about the fast. It's not actually about God. Oh, you still make, I'm still making it so hard. I haven't eaten in three hours. I'm <laughs> glad you're still with me and oh we got together this sunday again and oh we lost a third of the church but hey two-thirds of us are still doing it look at us you know it's good to encourage one another but the point of fast and truly fasting is what to really seek the lord and unless your heart is in a place to seek him what's the point in fasting the reason you're now fasting is because your pastor got up and preached a great message on how we're all going to do this. And if we all do this, then God's going to do that. God cares about the heart. Do you have a heart to seek him? And if you have a heart to seek him, guess what? You will be fasting. You will be praying. So I would ask of you guys not a call to fast together as a church. I would call you guys, hey, cry out to God for him to reveal what's going on in your heart. Because our hearts are wicked, it's deceitful. We can think we're okay. But are we actually hungering and thirsting for the Lord? Ask him to reveal that. And if he shows you, well, you're really not. Or there's other motives behind why you're doing what you're doing with the things that revolve around me. Let him show you those things. Seek him in those things. And he'll reveal and I would love if we all got together and fast, but I would really want to be out of a thing that God's moving us to do because there's a hunger. We want more of him that we're willing to say no to these things because we want more of him. Him. Not, we're going to do this to find favor in this way. Does that make sense? You guys might think my tone's a little harsh this morning. I wasn't hoping <laughs> to do that. I just feel as we go through these things, I just want us looking to Jesus. If we're going to have clear vision, it's him. If we make it to be anything else, we're missing the point. All right, we've got to wrap up. Um, eh, I didn't want to talk about that. Oh, I've got to talk about it. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, eight years ago, I went to a conference. It was called Love 2020. Uh, it was for the state of Wisconsin, but I went to several different meetings, conferences that came around this thing. Hey, we're in this new decade. 2020 is set before us, years out. How can we mobilize the church that every man, woman, and child in the state of Wisconsin will be reached for the gospel? Yes! That's in my wheelhouse. That's something I care about. Sign me up. Here's my hundred bucks. I'm going. And I got together with brothers, and we prayed, sisters, we prayed, we talked, we had some great ideas, and you know what came of all that time? Cool websites. I don't know. I don't see any initiative. I know things are happening. God's always doing. People are always hearing the gospel and getting shared but I have not seen a great move of revival take place through the efforts of man.
some key church leaders in the state of Wisconsin kind of spearheading some of this stuff. Some large churches taking on these initiatives. And I have seen nothing really come of it. So the question is, we want to see revival. We want to see people getting saved. We know him and we want others to know him too. What needs to change, guys? I believe it's personal revival. It has to start with us. Because again, if our heart is not in the right place, what's the point? We're just wasting our time. So what does personal revival look like, guys? I believe God does want to move and save people. But let me tell you what. If I'm not on fire, stoked up for Jesus, I have a hard time. There's times I do out of obedience share with others. But when I'm on with him, do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's a lot easier to strike up that conversation. It's a lot easier to go out of my way, to cross the street, to purposely go up to that person and share the word of God with them. And that's where that personal revival has to come in. It's hard for a lot of Christians just even to share or invite somebody, hey, you know Easter's coming up? Would you maybe like to go to church with me and then we can have lunch afterwards? I'll pie! <laughs> you know, that's really uncomfortable for some people just to invite a person once a year to church. What's wrong? There's not a personal revival going on. Because when there's a personal revival, there's just a natural outflow. You're just naturally sharing. You're on fire. People are like, what's up with you? I want what you got. Great! Come to church! <laughs> it's just a natural thing. So I'd love to see revival. I love that brothers and sisters are getting together and trying to get things started, praying. I think that's a great start. But I think the church needs personal revival in their own hearts, us individually. And let me tell you what, are you guys, do you guys get excited when you have a brother or sister that's just excited about Jesus? Okay, there's some of you guys, I just love bumping into you. You're just on with Jesus. I'm just like, I like that person. Okay, I like having fellowship with you. It's not all the problems in life. We're actually talking and delighting in the things of the Lord and there's just fun testimony around that. And you guys know that's contagious. It's a contagious thing. So be praying for that personal revival to take place. So Acts 2020. This will be our last 2020. And I love this. How I kept nothing back that was helpful, but I proclaimed it to you, and I taught you publicly and from house to house. We just said we want to see revival, right? Am I the only one? Show of hands. How many of you guys want to see revival break out? That'd be stinking awesome. And you guys have heard this from me before. If a revival does break out, the Spirit of God falls, people are broken over their sin, there's a true repentance, people start flooding churches, none of you guys are welcome to come here anymore. You are opening your homes, and you're going to teach the Word of God. And let me tell you what, I believe many of you are more equipped to be teaching the Word of God than a lot of pastors we have in the pulpits today. And honestly, if only 5% of the population got saved today, we wouldn't have enough room in the churches we already have in the valley here. Just 5% of the population, we would have a problem. So, are we ready for revival? We can say we want it. 
Are we ready? I hope so. And if revival does break out, I hope that Freedom Fellowship is a go-to church. Hey, we got dozens of believers that are gathering here that just want to be taught the Word of God. Great, Jack, go for it. I want to be able to do that with every single one of us. So be sharing with one another. And we can do this now from house to house. I'd love to be a part of a Bible study, have regular fellowship. But pastor, you don't know how busy my life is. Man, my kids got three different things just tonight. And it's a good night. (laughs) We get so busy with stuff, guys. Man, what if we reprioritize what's important? Fellowship's important. That's why I do Thursday mornings with the guys, my guys. Been doing it for years. I got my brother, Sean. What year did that study start? There's, wave, everybody look at Sean. These are the begonias. I love these guys deeply. Yeah, they left us, but they come to visit. <laughs> They're down in Fondy now. That was a long time ago. 13 years ago? What? 2008. 2008? Yeah, so over a decade now. You know, I think we're on our fourth time through the Bible. Fourth time, verse by verse, through the entire Bible. But these are men. I've been getting some texts. Where's Wes? He's new to the group. You've only been coming over just a month. You know? And I love it. I'm part of his text group. And they're all the guys in the, in, in the study. Hey, can you pray for I just loved getting that text. We can pray for one another. You know? Our sister Beth's going through it with cancer. We've been praying. We love you guys. James has been missing, but we pray every Thursday that you're not there. Because we know treatments are going on. You know, but that's what you get when you're doing life with people. House to house. I encourage you guys, make it happen. Well, I can't come on Thursday mornings. Great, open your house on Friday night. Just make it happen, guys. So, and I think one of the best things we can do is be praying for each other. How many guys know Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18? It's armor of God section, right? But we're to be praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit, right? Be watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for what? All the saints. We need to be praying for all the saints. And I'll be real honest with you guys. I pray for our church family. You know, it's kind of like a blanket prayer. But when we're doing life together, we're in fellowship together. We're actually rubbing shoulders maybe serving together down at the pantry or doing this Bible study together or actually at a prayer meeting together, guess who gets the more prayers? It's you who've actually put yourself out there. And I encourage you guys, some of you are are introverted, that's okay. Introverts still need fellowship, still need prayer. Just put yourself out there. Make that a priority this next year. And another one you guys can jot down, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. And may the Lord make your, <clears throat> you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that ye, he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. I think that's a pretty cool prayer by Paul for the church. Well, I don't know how to be praying for my brothers and sisters. Great, study the prayers that you see in the epistles. Start praying them. Pretty cool. Would it be helpful if I printed them off for you guys that you had a little cheat sheet? 
Would you guys like that? I would like that. Okay? I've had them off and on through the years, but they're just good to have around. So let us fix our eyes upon Jesus. Be in awe of him. I got a bonus verse for you guys. We read this during prayer this morning. Uh-oh. I don't know what that was. Oh, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's what corrects our sight, guys. Look to him. And things get in the way, don't they? Okay? Went out to my in-laws for Christmas Day. We're driving back on Christmas Day. I mean, you guys had to drive on Christmas? Foggy. Foggy. We're going 35 miles an hour. I normally speed just a little bit, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't feel comfortable. I can't see. It's not clear. I don't want to move. I don't like the tension. I don't like the stress. And that's the same thing, guys. When our vision of Jesus is not clear, I think we do the same thing. We slow way down. I don't want to move. I'm stressed out. But when we're looking to him, oh, I can go. I see where you are. I'm going with you, Jesus. I'm on the move. And I have this crazy peace right now because my eyes are fixed upon you. All right. A bonus verse, 2 Chronicles 20, 20. Yeah, you get a little extra this morning. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. Do you guys believe that God has good in view? I'm going to share with you guys my recent pet peeve among brothers and sisters. Some of you guys might be like, what have you been doing? <laughs> False humility. There's people who have been enjoying a pity party. Woe is me. I suffer for Jesus. That's a form of pride, guys. Eyes are back on self. Eyes are on self. Are we looking to him? That even in the hardships, we're still able to prosper. Wow. I'm still richly blessed. Most blessed. I've been given so much. Because you have. That is a fact. That is truth. So don't wallow in the junk. <laughs> okay? And I think when we fix our eyes upon him, things become clear. That we find our hearts in a place of thanksgiving, even when it's hard. When things maybe haven't shaken out the way we thought they would. Because we still see him and the blessings of it. John 17, 22 says, In the glory which you gave me, I will, or I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. Okay? I don't quite understand what that means to partake of God's glory, but we see it in the scriptures. There is glory that God has given to you, brother and sister. Enjoy it. Don't live in a false humility. We share in that with him. Live in that reality. So I want us, boom. There's this app called Read Scripture. It's got some little videos. Actually, let me see if I can do this. Are you guys seeing my thing? There, push on it. It's really cool, okay? You can find it on Android or the Apple one. Um, 
But this app, you open it up, and it goes through the entire Bible in a year's time. Okay? I'd love to do this with you guys. I would love for us in our closed Facebook group to be sharing with one another. Hey, did you read this today? This verse was awesome, or I'm praying this. I think that'd be pretty cool. But you said it, it breaks it up into different parts of the Bible. But I guess set mine up for January 1st. Okay? You can read the uh, Genesis. It gives you a psalm every day, different ones. But it walks you through uh, morning and evening. They got little videos that'll speak to some different things. But the big part is getting you guys into the Word of God. This app uses the ESV. Okay? I haven't read the ESV myself. I've read a lot of different translations through the years. I think it's good to read different translations. It opens up some things, or you come to a passage you know well, and you're like, whoa, why did they translate it this way? It's quite different. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to go check out why. <laughs> you're going to look into it. It's good. So I would love for us to be able to do this together. You can go into the settings. Okay, Mine went off at 6.30 this morning, reminder, and I haven't even started yet because I set it to start January 1st. But it can remind you. So if you got a break every day at work at 10.30, Hey, have the reminder go off at 1025 that, hey, during my break, I'm going to read through some of these scriptures today, okay? But it's doable. Sonny, how, how many months did it take you to read through the entire Bible earlier this year? Three. three. Okay, she did the whole Bible in three months, okay? And was it that hard? I mean, I know you were diligent <laughs> to crack it out in three months. Oh, you and your excuses. <laughs> You know, but realistically, guys, it's maybe 15 to 20 minutes a day at the most, okay? And that's for somebody who reads slowly. So I encourage you guys. How many guys would like to do something like this together? I think it'd be good. And the reason I'm wanting to do it, we haven't done, I think we might have done this in the past, but it's just stir us up to be in the Word of God. It is good. That's one of the things I love about the Thursday morning Bible study. We get through four, five, six chapters in that study, and it's just good taking in a big chunk of Scripture at a time. So a lot of times we can get together and have our cute little devotional books that we're doing together where we hit on a topic, and you might see four or five different Scriptures. Great. But literally to read a couple hundred in a sitting, man, it's just awesome how the Word of God bathes us. Anyways, and then uh, let me go back. I want to share with you guys in closing uh, the Scripture I've been praying for us um, the last few weeks, okay, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion with the Holy Spirit would be with you all. That's been my prayer for us as a church family. Can we be growing in the grace of God, keeping ourselves in the love of God and really having fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Man, I think this is a great prayer. And I think this is what we need more than anything, guys. There's a lot of things we can ask. But man, God, your grace, your love, real fellowship with you, that's what's most needed, guys. So can we be praying this for one another? I would ask you guys to pray this for me. I love these type of prayers. So let's stand to our feet. Well, Father in heaven, we are so grateful for um, just who you are, everything about your nature, your likeness, how you've revealed yourself to us. 
Thank you so much, Jesus, for all the things that you came and you taught. But we thank you for the example that you've set before us. You loved us so much that you gave this great gift that you've sealed us with your Holy Spirit that we can have fellowship with you through him. Thank you so much for all that you have done and are doing in our lives and even the things that you're wanting to do. Love the idea of revival. We know that's in your heart. You came into this world that none would perish. We're so thankful, God, that you've given us um, just a place and a time in history, Lord, where we had access to the gospel, where somebody came and shared with us. And we want to do the same with others. So we would, we would pray, Father, as we just are close to you, enjoying you, that there would be that natural overflow, that we'd be sharing your love, the good news with other people. We'd even pray right now together, Lord. There might be those here with us or, or watching online that have not put their faith in you personally, that today would be the day of salvation for them, that they would say yes to you, that they would turn from their wicked ways, truly repent, Lord, and find eternal life in you, for you are the way. We're so thankful, Jesus, for all, all you do. Thank you for your word this morning. I know this was a little, little scattered, but it's good, Father, just to be reminded that our eyes should be upon you. So I do pray that for each one of my brothers and sisters. Would you please lift their heads, that their eyes would be fixed upon you and you only. May you please, Lord, allow us as a church family, God, to be encouraging, building each other up, being real. If there's rebuke that needs to be spoken, that we would do that well that we would do it in truth and love. God, that our hearts would be stirred with a hunger like we've never had before. I know that's something that we need your help with, God, because it doesn't seem natural. We like things to be about us, but we're here for you. We're created for you, so please, in your mercy and grace, Lord, establish us according to your purposes. Let your will be done. We ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.